These days, so many podcast hosts just riff through unprepared segments until they get to the next ad break for pills they know nothing about, cheap razors, and whatever else they can get a buck from. But the Higher Side Chats does it differently. We succeed or fail on the quality of the content and your desire to hear more of it. So you're about to hear another free first hour episode that's here to prove the two hour shows are worth subscribing for. Five shows a month for just $8. Members get a mobile friendly website, a decade of archives, a dedicated RSS feed for the best podcast apps, and a lot deeper discussion than a single hour can allow for. Sponsor free with more for thee. Get a free seven-day trial of THC Plus at thehiresidechats.com. Enjoy! In the 1930s, President Franklin Delano Roosevelt addressed the nation through a series of radio broadcasts known as the Fireside Chats. His aim was to reassure the common man that our society would recover from its troubled times. Well, we're far from 1930, and I deal with a different kind of fire. For a new era of worldly frustration, we offer a fresh conversation. I'm Greg Carlwood, and these are the Higher Side Chats. Let there be light, Higher Side Chatters. How the hell are you? From sunny San Diego, I'm Greg Carlwood. And I doubt I'm the only one who senses the overwhelming arrogance of the industrial medical machine, big pharma, and the white lab coat-clad cabal. They are certainly as aggressive as ever, but ironically have gotten much less convincing over time. Because when you look at the numbers from infant mortality and life expectancy to cancer, obesity, and autoimmune disease rates, the fruits of this system are pretty rotten. And there's not much left for them to do but resort to bullying, censorship, and coercion. But are we really surprised that a system that pumps fluoride-filled chemical water through lead pipes, produces our meat in dirty, overcrowded facilities, and covers our food crops in dangerous poison might have a different motivation than a citizenry in tip-top shape? Well, today's guest, Jackie Jolie, is a proponent of the three pillars of what's being called quantum health. Light, water, and magnetism. Of these three pillars, she has been studying and teaching primarily the truth about light, and it goes much deeper than getting a little vitamin D. Our ancestors knew it, and according to Jackie, the culture-shaping parasite class has gone to great lengths to lie about light and hide the truths she's here to talk about today. As she said to me, we can spend thousands of dollars on exercise, diet, sleep, and mental health, but if you don't have your light life right, you can never have your health right. Well, I say cheers to that, and it certainly seems like we're going to need to get as optimized as we can for the troubled times ahead, so let's get into it. The quantum health preacher and hidden truths teacher, the light shapes life lady herself, Jackie, welcome to the higher side. As always, great introduction, and thank you so much for having me. <laughs> of course, thank you for saying so, and I'm really psyched about this one. We actually met at the THC Rune Soup meetup in Austin. And you told me a bit about your work and where you really got me interested is in fitting this information about light into the quantum health paradigm of light, water, and magnetism. I've done a couple of good interviews about easy gel state structured water, proper hydration, and the importance of water vortexing. And of course, magnetism has come up before in the context of our blood and earth grounding. And then we just tend to couple that stuff with saying, and also you need to get a lot of sunlight. 
And maybe that's not enough. You know, having gone through your material, I think it's going to be great that we can provide a much deeper dive into the magic of sunlight and a lot of aspects I doubt people are aware of. But sunlight is free. It's readily available. And you say it's even more important than diet, which probably raises a few eyebrows out there, as you know. But I guess tell us about how light became such a focus of yours when it's much more common for people to focus on those other areas of health. Yeah, that'd be great. That's kind of how I always start my seminars and talks when I talk to people about this as well. I've always kind of considered myself, you know, following holistic care and natural health protocols almost my whole life. I actually am a body worker for horses as my professional career. And with doing that and knowing how the body responds to touch, vitamins, movement, good hydration, good energy being outside, I've always kind of followed those natural remedies for healing yourself and staying healthy. I did not start learning about light until about three years ago. I came down with Lyme disease and I did have a tick on me from hiking. I didn't think really anything of it when I initially had the bite. I didn't get a rash or anything like that. And about three months later, wow, like I hit a wall. Hormones sank, libido sank. I had chronic, really bad fatigue, slurring of words. Couldn't actually keep my words straight for work, even when it's something that I've been doing for 10 years and it's very easy to just recall words and vocabulary. I didn't get as chronically bad as some people that do get Lyme disease or when it's gone so long misdiagnosed. I got it diagnosed pretty quickly, and I still, at the time, modern medicine wants you to take three months of antibiotics, and I really wasn't keen for that, and I asked the doctor, okay, well, after three months of antibiotics, if it's not gone, because I'd already done some research, and people were like, the antibiotics don't work, you need more help, you need more herbals, vitamins, and then the antibiotics mess up your gut so badly, so when I asked my doctor what do we do after three months if the Lyme's not gone and I have other issues? She goes, oh, we just do another three months of antibiotics. <laughs> so I was like, mm, that doesn't really add up right for me. And uh, I don't want to destroy my gut and have other issues. And so I went and did my own research. And actually, somebody that might be a good candidate for an interview in the future would be Dr. Stephen Buhner. He's an animist, an herbalist. Mm. He's a doctor. He's written so many good books, one specifically on Lyme. And he's not doing so well. Like he's definitely on his way out of the planet. He's very lovely. And that might be somebody of interest for you in the future. He's wonderful. But he has a whole Lyme protocol that heals you with tinctures from plants and herbs. And I did that and worked with a naturopath for a little while. And the naturopath kind of gave me the little seedling of a light life of, you know, getting out in the sun and kind of timing your circadian rhythms right. And I hadn't really heard any of these words yet. And so I was like, well, I work outside all day long, you know, like I, I'm fine with the sun. <laughs> and I hadn't learned enough context of what the circadian rhythm really meant and being outside with the light really meant because there are specifics with it that we'll get into today. And so a friend of mine eventually ended up sharing Dr. Jack Cruz's information with me. And he, of course, has been a big pioneer in sharing the information on quantum health and science. He's a neurosurgeon from New Orleans, and anybody could obviously look him up online and find out lots of information on him and how he can help you. But his information really, it just, you know, us as conspiracy theory people or when we're truth seekers, the truth resonates at a certain frequency and it just hits you and you know it and you know it's right. Mm. And when I was learning the information about light and tying back to nature and your circadian rhythms, it just hit me right. And I said, this is it. This is the last answer. You know, I'd 
jumped on so many trains, the diet train and the exercise train and the herbal train and the natural train. And, you know, all those things did help for a little period of time. And I know that there's people out there that do get help from vitamins and supplements for a short period of time. But at the end, you still always have some type of symptom or something comes back or it's just not, you can feel it's just not quite optimal. You feel like you're always still fighting and you're always still shelling out money for all these things that are supposed to help you from the outside. And I was like, wow, I'm going to step on this quantum health train and say, fuck all to the other ones <laughs> and see what happens. And so I'm about two and a half years in now of reading Dr. Jack Cruz's protocols, finding other doctors that are quantum health doctors and really changing my light life for the better. And I have to tell you, I'm 37 years old and I probably feel better than I've ever felt in my whole life, actually. Certainly much better since Lyme and I have killed Lyme and been able to keep Lyme out of my system for the last two and a half years. Hormones are back. Libido is back. I have energy that's just raging. And then also on a esoteric kind of spiritual consciousness level, that has just risen so incredibly strong for me, which was kind of a bonus effect that I didn't really know was going to come into play until it just did. <laughs> and that has been really cool. And I know that there's so many people out there that are tired and sick and sick and tired of being sick and tired. <laughs> and they don't feel connected and they don't feel a purpose and they don't feel whether they believe in, you know, the Bible and God or evolution, it all actually ties to the same and the messages there are the same. And maybe there's some of that that we can get into like on the bonus two hour, but all of that encompasses that. And so I've been feeling that over these last two and a half years. And it just gets me so excited because also if I already feel this good in two and a half years, like what am I going to feel like in five years with having my light life better? So it's super exciting. And that's kind of how I got into all of it initially. There's a platform called Quantum Biology Collective, and they actually started doing a certification program last year to certify people as quantum health coaches. And so I also jumped on that opportunity. I wasn't really sure what I was going to use it for just because I have my full-time job, but I'm kind of incorporating this light shapes life into becoming something bigger, you know, maybe doing retreats for people and clinics and seminars all around the country or the world, maybe. That's what I'm trying to manifest anyways. Hmm. And I got certified through them as a quantum health coach. And so I don't really want to use it to coach people one-on-one. -on -one. I really like doing more of this type of thing, like the teaching and the seminars. You can grab a lot of people at one time and get the information out there. And I, I kind of want to be that little ripple that affects people in that way as well and, and hits them with that resonation of the truth about light. So that's pretty much kind of how I got into it initially and where I've brought myself to now. I've done a couple of seminars locally at like yoga studios, health clinics, things like that. And I held my first webinar two months ago on Zoom because I want to be able to get this information out to the masses. And so obviously your podcast is going to be a great opportunity to do that as well. Mm. Right on. I do love a good personal testimony of someone who has seen these things actually transform their life. I'm 37 myself. I feel quite fatigued a lot of the time. Maybe that's mm. because of my indulgent habit. Maybe it's being a new dad, a combination of both. But I also <laughs> probably don't get as much sunlight. As much as I love living in San Diego because the weather's so good and you can get out any day of the week, I probably only take about half the advantage of that that I probably could. And so I like episodes like this because the information, it starts to stack up and it becomes the inspiration to actually 
you know, put a little more effort in. And I know that we're primarily working from a presentation that you've given before, and it's probably best that I don't step all over your flow too much. So I'm going to follow along with the slides, but let's just dive into it. Basically, your first one says, uh, you know, it asks, which is the most important to health, light, exercise, food, or sleep? I mentioned your quote in the intro, but help make the case that light is actually more important than food, exercise, or sleep. I love the fact that I can be quite lazy and get light and not have to do 50 push-ups a day. How is light as important or more important than these other components? Yes, great question and great place to start, of course, because when we do look at our health, whether you're going to follow natural health protocols or some of our more modern big pharma protocols, they primarily do focus on just a symptom or we just focus on exercise, food, and sleep. Now, granted, I'm not knocking any of those things that they're not important. I still wouldn't tell you if you had your light life perfect that you can still go out and eat like Dunkin' Donuts and McDonald's all day long because you can't. And we'll explain some of that. I don't bring up diet a ton in this, but there's a few key points that I do want to make. But light affects everything. And so when we get a little bit further into the discussion of how and why, you know, if you think about the sun that's out in the sky, it brings life to everything. And our ancestors that were not too long ago, really, they were living, breathing, sleeping, hunting, everything outside. And so they always had the information of the light spectrum that does change throughout the day. And that's the most important part. When I got sick from Lyme disease, you know, when I was learning about the light, I was like, okay, I'm outside all day working on horses though. Like I got a tan, I'm fit, I'm good. Like I work out. <laughs> and again, I thought, you know, I ate well, I slept well and I was exercising and I was outside. So I should be fine. The things that I was doing to mess up my redox potential, which we will also touch on that, is I never got up and saw the sunrise. In 35 years of living, I probably saw a sunrise maybe five times, you know, to get up and go on a trip or at the beach or to get up and go horseback riding or something. Yes, I was outside all day long or I would take beach vacations and be out in the sun in the very middle of the day. We'll talk about why that's not super great plan to do. And then at night, I had blue light in my face all the time. So I was watching TV with dinner or I had my cell phone in front of me with the blue light emitting from that screen or you have your laptop. And then I used to eat super, super late as well. So way after dark, I was eating at 8.30, 9, 9.30 o'clock at night. My ex was Argentine and we just, we always ate late. And so a few of those things create a big mismatch in my circadian rhythm because it's not what we would have naturally done, which means it's not what our genes and our DNA are already programmed to be tied to light through our mitochondria. And so this is why light becomes so important. You can be eating the right type of food every day and be super strict on it. You can be exercising every day and you can be thinking that you're getting the right amount of sleep. I slept well, but I realize now I wasn't dreaming and my body wasn't able to run through a system called autophagy where it kills cancer cells and bad cells, which we'll get into later too. And it can only do that when your circadian rhythms are in sync and then your hormones are in sync. And when we look at blue light at night and we don't see the sunrise, we're not giving the cues and the codes and the information to our body that the sun puts out with its wavelengths to program everything in sync. It's basically kind of like, you know, a car that gets the timing belt starts to go bad and you don't really know it yet, but like little things in the car start to be off time. And that's where then the car becomes where the whole engine can go eventually. So all these things do add up over time. But the problem is now in our modern day, 
we're seeing people that are younger getting much more sick than our elder generation did. And the only thing that's really changed in the last 100 to 150 years is electricity and our light environment. So research shows that most people are spending 93% of their time indoors. And at the same time, skin cancer is on the increase. So we definitely want to talk about that conundrum later of saying that the sun causes skin cancer because it absolutely does not. There's no way that we could be spending the majority of our time indoors away from the sun and be getting skin cancer on the rise currently. Hmm. You know, there's millions and billions of dollars spent in pharmaceuticals and in the new diets or a supplement or the new type of, you know, way of eating or like your sleep navigation rings and things like that. You don't need any of that <laughs> um, if you've got your light life right. You know, you're going to sleep good, you're going to feel good, you're going to look good, and you're not going to have chronic inflammation and be tired. You know, the USA is the number one consumer of world pharmaceuticals, but yet we're ranked number 38 in our healthy outcomes and longevity. And so that's kind of, you know, disparaging yeah. and we can be doing better. And the fact that light is free. And if we just get some of that timing right, which is by a very small, habit and lifestyle changes, which most people are ready to do with exercise, food and sleep, right? So if you understand the light, you're not going to have to put such a large emphasis on the other three, because they're just going to fall in place just like nature intended it to. Mm -hmm. Well, those are great points. And one thing I'd heard about how diet couples with the sunlight from Dr. Jack Cruz is that we should think of ourselves as light beings and that light energy, those electrons, they are transferred from our food to our bodies. So that's a big part of why you can't, to use your example, eat Dunkin' Donuts and be healthy. There's no light in a Dunkin' Donut as opposed to like the animals, fruits, and vegetables that are absorbing that sunlight and then it gets transferred to the person. We'll also probably talk about seasonality, but that's another factor is you're supposed to eat foods that are in season for your geographical area because the qualities of the light are different. And if you eat summer or tropical fruits and foods in the winter, your body does get confused because it's taking in a different quality of light. And it's like, hey, wait a second. I thought we were in a different phase. And that's all very interesting. I never thought about light and electrons being transferred from the food, I've thought about like gel state water being transferred from fruits and vegetables, but this is another component. It all really locks in place. It all is very synergistic and I'm kind of inspired by it. it quantum health is the term used. I've tried to find the term. I've used the term esoteric health because there does seem to be like a spiritual, uh, almost like the magic community. Those kind of people are the ones who like the pagan community would look at nature as really the healer and all this kind of stuff. But this is just an area where I really think it is one of the most suppressed things. And I think we're going into a couple of years that are going to be very difficult and we should be in optimal health. As you said to me, there are all kinds of problems when you ignore your light life or don't have it correct. But a major one is that 47% of people are too tired to function and that's half of people too tired to function. How are we going to actually overcome a lot of our challenges in this system if we don't have the energy? Time is one factor. A lot of us are working so hard that we never have the time to get off the hamster wheel and, and try to make our society better. But if we also don't have the energy, it's just not going to happen. 
We've talked many times on the show about how they want to keep us sick, weak, and obedient. So if we want to not be those things, this is the kind of information we need. But give us a little more about when you ignore light, the factors that happen to people. It's not just vitamin D. It's not just general energy, but you have a whole list of things here. <laughs> yes, of course. Thank you. Yeah, it's such a sad state when I came across that statistic about 47% of people admitting to being too tired to function. I mean, that's, you know, parents with kids and people with family or you have a dog or just anything that you would want to do outside of your, you know, typical work week that just people don't have energy for. And of course, so yes, they work us to death and then we come home and the only energy we have is to sit in front of the Netflix screen. And nobody knows that the blue light coming from that screen at that time is making them worse, making them fat, making them diabetic, making them have high blood pressure, making them have high cholesterol. And so I do talk about some of the statistics when I do my talks. And, you know, obviously we know that heart disease and cancer are number two top killers in the United States. And we have large numbers of people with high blood pressure, high cholesterol, diabetes, or being pre-diabetic. And all of these people, when you go to the doctor, the only answer they're going to have for you is a pill. And that pill is only actually going to suppress the natural healing techniques that your body has inside of it to try to heal and deal with those issues. The pill is also going to give you some type of side effect because it is a chemical pill that has been made in a manufacturing laboratory with artificial lighting as well. So I love that you brought up the fact about the electrons and the light, and I would like to touch base on that a little bit later too. But with all of these statistics that we have people dying from, if they realize the things that sun did for you and the light did for you, light can naturally lower your blood pressure. Light can naturally lower your cholesterol. You actually need cholesterol in your system to be able to make vitamin D in the first place. And that's where even that information can really tie into like the veganism diet because most vegans are not eating cholesterol. And so you could say, hey, I'm on this diet and I go out and I get as much sun as possible. But you probably burn because you're having a lot of seed oils and you're not actually going to make any vitamin D because you don't have cholesterol in your system for the body to make vitamin D. The sun does release nitric oxide and that buildup of nitric oxide is what gives people high blood pressure. And so when you're out in the daylight, now it's under the UV light and we, we still got to get into the wavelengths. But that UV light releases the nitric oxide in your system. And so it naturally lowers your blood pressure to where you don't need to be put on a statin <laughs> that has huge symptoms and side effects for your body. Diabetes is the same way. When we look at blue light at night and that tells our body that it's the middle of the day, it actually continues to keep your hormones raised in like cortisol levels instead of making melatonin. And that raises your blood sugar. And so just by looking at blue light at night or having artificial lights on at night around you is literally making you fatter, pre-diabetic, and tired. Mm. And that's an easy change, easy, easy change. And it doesn't even matter what you're putting in your mouth. If you're still doing it on a vegan diet or still doing it where, oh, I just have some fruit or vegetables at night, if it's still after dark and you have blue light in your face, it is still going to make you pre-diabetic. There's plenty of quote unquote skinny, healthy looking people out in the world that are pre-diabetic. And so this kind of information that I share, I certainly hope because it makes me see light in everything. And there is an esoteric side to that, to where everything has a frequency and an energy, both on magic side, both on spiritual side. But that energy is what's transferred from the sun through its certain wavelengths to the plants, to the animal, 
to the fruits. And then that energy is also then transferred to us. And then we as a light being, we do absorb light, but we also emit light. So we're one big, huge solar panel between our skin and our eyes. Those are the two biggest photoreceptors that we have in our whole body. And the skin and the eyes need to be able to see the natural flow of the spectrum of light throughout the day. And that starts with the sunrise. But some of these issues that we have are all fixable and preventable just by tying back into light and nature without needing pills, without needing surgery, without having to feel like crap and being too tired to function. Now, I don't know if some people do know this because it will tie into some of the corruption stuff, but our number three killer in the United States is medical error. Mm -hmm. And the number one reason for medical error is misdiagnosis. And that information also is just as important to get out. <laughs> it doesn't really tie into light, but it's just something that we need to realize. Our doctors are not, I'm not here to obviously go after doctors or nurses by any means. They have been institutionalized by the Rockefeller medicine that happened in the 30s. And we can talk about that later too. And so they've only been taught how to treat a symptom with a pill that's made with petroleum. You know, he needed his petroleum to go somewhere. And so every pill, and there's actually a lot of supplements out there now too, that it is originally based off of petroleum. So you're eating and putting oil into your system anytime that you take those things, which are also not good. But yeah, that kind of gives some of the statistics of when you ignore light, we end up with a lot of sickness and we're seeing it more and more and we're seeing it starting early. You know, I didn't even touch on obviously respiratory diseases, infertility, which is a huge problem childhood suicide, there's been a 60% increase in that in just the last few years. Mm. And if you think of like your and my generation, we were the first generation that kind of got accessible cell phones. But even still, it was like a little like Nokia. Yeah. <laughs> and it was when I was maybe 19 or 20. The kids nowadays are literally born into this non-native electromagnetic field of a world, you know, between computers and Wi-Fi and laptops and watches and blue screens all the time touching them and around them. And actually kids are much more susceptible to the magnetism that's bad for you from the non-native electromagnetic fields. They actually absorb more at a higher rate because their brain is not fully myelinated, which is our protection that goes around our brain and our neurons. So like Dr. Jack Cruz, he doesn't even, he's like, I wouldn't give kids any type of technology until they're 25 because you don't actually fully myelinate until you're 25 years old. So that can kind of almost explain a lot of the big differences in why we're seeing, you know, diabetic kids, obese kids, which was just unheard of. Even for me to look around now, I see so many people with prescription glasses for vision and for seeing. When I was in middle school or high school, I just don't remember that many people having glasses. No. And the big pharma establishment and medical community, they're just making sure that they can diagnose you with something and then they normalize it. So, well, yeah, your eyes are just getting bad. We got glasses for that. You know, oh, well, you're just getting infertile. We've got in vitro for that. We've got a pill for that. Well, is it normal to have your eyes go bad at 22 years of age? Like, absolutely not. We should be vital, strong, beings that can physically do things, you know, still have sex, still have fun, do all the things until literally the day that we drop dead. <laughs> and the light is what enforces that and helps you. And this is where we need to kind of change the paradigm and change the narrative for sure. Yes. Great message. I'm inspired and motivated already. And uh, so you also have a couple of slides about 
the quantum health paradigm and how water, light, and magnetism all fit together. I know it goes very deep and probably takes a while to really lay out completely, but can you give us a bit of an overview about how these components all work and what makes up the quantum health model and why you think that is the superior model compared to everything else? Sure. So, and some people, you know, even on this podcast might have not heard the word quantum yet. It's definitely kind of coming around as trendy now and going to start picking up steam and popularity, which is good. But quantum just really means like the space that's around us in all things and things that we can see and things that we can't see. And the quantum health model is made up of water, light, and magnetism. And today we're only focusing really on light, but light really trumps and is the top layer of really that whole model because light is involved in water and light is also involved in magnetism. And it all starts with light. We were light as soon as we were a sperm coming into an egg. There's actually a huge spark of light from zinc and the easy water and the energy of the soul coming in. And that starts with light too. So it all basically does come back to light no matter what. I do have a really great graphic that I'm sure you are seeing, then I apologize that not everybody gets to see it, but you'll just have to come to my webinar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but with light, water, and magnetism, when it ties into your circadian rhythms, then it also ties into how your system works as a whole. And you want to have everything in sync and on time. And that all starts with, you mentioned electrons earlier. And so electrons from the sun come in these things called photons, which is just a little packet of energy. And they change with wavelengths and frequency and intensity, depending on what time of day it is and what wavelength is coming through. But it has an effect. And actually, it's called the photoelectric effect. Einstein won the Nobel Prize for that in 1921. (laughs) Bet nobody knows about that. I sure didn't. MSM didn't tell me anything about that. (laughs) And so all that means is that we have an electric effect from those photons whenever it touches something, whether it's the leaf of a plant or our skin or our eyes there'll be an effect on the body physiologically. And so when you look at the quantum health model as a whole, depending on how your body's being affected by light, water, and magnetism, you'll kind of look that there's a scale of your gut, cortisol, thyroid, and then hormones. And it kind of goes in that order to where if you have optimal health, your gut is always going to be number one. And so I'm sure probably from interviews before and some of the people on here that are into health, we've always kind of heard over the last probably two decades about the gut brain axis and that the gut is kind of our second brain. Mm -hmm. Um, And so really when I did some research, what is cool though, is for every one message that the brain sends to the gut, the gut sends back nine. So I'm not really sure actually who the boss is there, (laughs) but the gut is where, wow. I mean, just so much happens there. We have our microbiome, which has a lot to do with our microbiome as far as good, healthy gut flora to be able to digest things, but that gut flora also plays huge roles into like our immune system building to be able to fight off viruses and parasites and colds and bad things that we ingest. You're also going to have your sex hormones that start and produce in your gut. So your estrogen, testosterone, progesterone, and then you're also going to have your happy hormones that are also produced in your gut. So like your serotonin, your dopamine, all those things that make you feel good and make you motivated and give you like a positive outlook on life. So all that stuff happens in your gut. So your gut responds to light as well. And once we get to the mitochondria part of this talk, it'll kind of make a little bit of sense. But 
if your gut is now hidden from the light, so everybody on this call, if your belly has not seen the sun ever, <laughs> then your gut has not been able to respond to all the good, healthy messages from the sun to run on time and be in sync. So once your gut starts to have issues, which think of all the people in the world right now that have constipation issues, diarrhea, IBS, Crohn's disease, it all starts there. And actually your hormone issues and infertility are also all going to start there. And so then the next level is your cortisol, which seeing blue light at night and having your circadian rhythms mismatch, it keeps our cortisol levels high. So then your cortisol starts to run. We all know that. Like if you get a lot of anxiety or you just have too much going on and you're feeling really flustered, like that's your cortisol staying high. Well, when that happens, usually your blood sugar is increasing as well. So diabetes comes in and is involved. And it's also going to create adrenal fatigue, which I'm sure there's so many people right now raising their hands saying, I'm tired all the time, or I've been told I have adrenal fatigue. Well, it all started back in the gut. So then your cortisol goes. Well, then the part of your body that controls like your adrenals and the part of the cortisol is your thyroid. And so then it starts overworking. And then after that, it's kind of your hormones go to the floor. And so it was very helpful for me to see this model because that's what made sense when I went back to trying to repair my health from Lyme. I mean, my hormones were on the floor. At 35, my doctor wanted to already diagnose me as premenopausal. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, yeah. I'm way too young for that. But seeing this model, it at least helped me realize that with the light, even though it's going to take some time to heal and get back to being optimal, it's going to start that in reverse. So getting, you know, the gut right, then it's going to help my cortisol levels balance out, which will then help take a break off of the thyroid. And then that allows all the hormones to come back on board, which has already started occurring in my blood work and in my energy levels for me. So that's kind of just a brief explanation of kind of how that works and what that looks like. There's probably so many people on this call that know somebody with hormone issues or fatigue or stomach issues. It's a huge problem. And it's an area that they're still doing a lot of research on the microbiome and still don't know a whole lot. But when you learn about the light aspect of it, that's the main key. Your belly has to see the sun. Your whole body actually has to see the sun. Um, and that's where it starts for even the healing. Right on. Yeah, that's so interesting. I mean, it makes logical sense that if we have gut issues, we would be like, well, let's pay attention to what we put in our gut because we think of it as like a closed system, mm -hmm. but we are forgetting about light. And yeah, it is so rare for, I mean, I know myself, it's rare for my gut to see sunlight. It maybe happens once a month. And that's because I'm in a place like San Diego. If I was back in Missouri, it'd happen even less. It wouldn't happen at all from September to March. Right. <laughs> uh, so it's kind of wild. And also you do have a section of this where you talk about the full electromagnetic spectrum. We all heard Roy G. Biv in grade school, I hope. Yes. And we know that the visible light spectrum is only a fraction of the full spectrum. We've done shows before where saunas and infrared have come up as valuable and things people should incorporate into their health. Saunas get weird because they also have a lot of electromagnetic uh, EMF fields in this box, you know, because it's got Bluetooth, it's got yeah. internet for your little tablet there. And <laughs> uh, the you know, these kind of things. Yeah, they kind of are contradictory. Yes. But what should we say about the electromagnetic spectrum as a whole? It's not just getting red light. And of course, people talk about vitamin D. Well, that's UVB. It's only one small fraction again. Yes. But the full spectrum is important. And also, the times of day that we get light, you kind of mentioned, and we've talked about sun gazing before. It seems a little silly. There's a documentary out there. People are like, I don't eat. I just <laughs> absorb light at sunrise. And it's like, okay, well, I'm not going to get that extreme, but maybe you're <laughs> onto something a little bit. Yes. Um, 
but talk to us about the full spectrum of light and why it's so important to get that early morning sunrise and possibly sunset as well. Perfect. Yes. I'm with you on that too. I love food way too much to be like, I'm only going to be on like an air diet, but it is a thing. And, and I get it from knowing the information that I know I could understand why it, it works, but I'm not going to let my you know ribeye go for sure. <laughs> yes. The full spectrum of light is super important. And it's really one of the main things that I want to make sure that people understand when they hear my talk and get this information. So yes, hopefully people can go back to grade school and we were taught about the full spectrum of light, which means the rainbow, basically. So Roy G. Biv was the acronym for the colors of the wavelengths that come from the sky. And so that's red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, and violet. Now, yes, you're not going to see all that. We don't walk outside and see the sky being green per se, but that's the quantum part of it. Some of the stuff we do not see or feel, but it still has that photoelectric effect on us, right? And so with the full spectrum of the sky, it does change throughout the day. And when you have sunrise, now one thing to say, so you have all of those colors throughout the whole day from the time the sun comes up to the time that it falls at sunset, you're always going to have red. It's about 43% always red and infrared light. So you're always going to have red and infrared. The other colors of the rainbow, like your green and blues and indigos, they're not going to come up until the sun gets about above 30 degrees. And those are also the spectrums that carry the UVA and the UVB wavelengths that we have. And of course, the UVB is the one that everybody is always so scared and worried about um, with skin cancer. And we'll get into that. But your body is used to having all of those different wavelengths hit the skin and the eyes because we did used to live and work outside. And with getting up and seeing the sunrise, you're only going to have those red and orange and infrared wavelengths. They're very healing. If you have had some of the talks already online of saunas and infrared healing, then they've already talked about the power of those wavelengths and why they're so healing to the body. But for example, they really help with you know, decreasing inflammation hydrating their, your soft tissue. The talk that you had with Gerald Pollack about easy water, we actually have easy water in our body and around our cells. And that's what the mitochondria also help to make. And we won't have time to get into that too much today, but there's enough information that people can look into that. So the infrared light helps increase that easy water levels, which is a huge protection for your cells and your mitochondria, as well as giving you energy and hydration for the tissues like of movement so that you're not so tight and dehydrated and that your body can like move with very good plasticity and fluidity and that's kind of what you're getting from the infrared i mean it can help with so many things you know growing hair and healing scar tissue um, and it will heal and help the gut the reason why you want to see it first thing in the morning also deals with kind of our next topic of talking about circadian rhythms which is just our natural biological clock that we have in our body. And we have a main clock that's in our brain, the suprachiasmatic nucleus. It sits behind the hypothalamus in the brain. It gets direct information through your eyes. And so when the sunrise comes up, and that's the first light that your eyes and your skin see, it's basically telling your body, hey, it's morning. It's time to get up. It's time to start making cortisol and adrenaline and all of our hormones that we kind of need to like get up and get going. It also helps make ghrelin, which is a hormone that kind of helps you be hungry. That's why your stomach starts to growl and why you start to get hungry. And that will also help with like your levels of leptin. We won't get into leptin too much either today because we don't have too much time. But leptin has a lot to do with your hunger levels and staying 
satisfied. And if you're leptin resistant, you're going to eventually become insulin resistant, which will lead to diabetes. So if you are already pre-diabetic, diabetic, or have maybe 30 to 40 pounds to lose, you're already leptin resistant. And the best way to reset that is by resetting your circadian rhythms, which the best way to reset that is to see the sunrise first thing in the morning. And so I even remember my whole life up to, you know, 35 of having Lyme, I never saw the sunrise, right? I was never a person that ate breakfast. You know, you'll meet these people. They're like, oh my gosh, I get up and I'm just starving. And I'm like, I'm not, I don't eat till like one Mm o'clock. But it was because I wasn't getting up and giving my body the signal to start getting moving and going. But, you know, I've dealt with constipation my whole life as well. If we're just going to, you know, TMI and share. (laughs) And so immediately what's crazy when I first started changing my light life within 30 days, my stomach started growling every day within 20 minutes of waking up. And now I wake up and I'm like, man, I'm hungry. (laughs) And so it's amazing to just see that difference and change. And so the sunlight is what does that. It wakes you up. It starts getting your clocks involved. Just like I said, you have that master clock in the brain. Well, then every single one of our systems, respiratory, cardiovascular, muscular, skeletal, all of them all have clocks that they're running off of. And so you want those to be in sync, right? If you lived in a house that had a bunch of watches and clocks and they were all set to all different times, you'd never know what time it was and it would be chaos in your life, right? I always use the example when I talk to people of, you know, that day where you might wake up and you're, you realize you're like 20 minutes behind on schedule of whatever you had to do that day. Well, what does that whole day look like? You're like rushing around and you're anxious and you're frustrated and you get irritated and, you know, you probably blow up at people or you don't do a good job because you can't be completely focused. And then at the end of the day, you're just like worn completely out. And then for the next day or two, even after that, you're kind of catching up because you used all that extra energy of being anxious and stressed out and chaos. That's what's happening in our bodies when our circadian rhythms are not matched and in sync. It's constantly trying to catch up. And so it makes sense why we're tired all the time because everything's not working in sync smoothly like it's supposed to. And so the best way to do that initially is to see the sunrise in the morning. Now, there's still some rules to this. They're easy, but the sunrise should be the very first thing that your eyes and skin ever see. So that even means like not your cell phone, not your lamp by your bed, not the kitchen light, no artificial lighting. You need to get straight outside. If you can be naked and if you can be barefoot grounding on the grass, even better. Like that is top optimal. And we can talk about that with the electrons and exchange of energy. So you need that sunrise. After that, you can kind of go throughout your day. And we're going to get into where the green and the blue comes involved, where you're going to get that UVB light. Oh, and also another thing that sunrise light does when you have all of that infrared, red light and orange light, when your skin is exposed to that light, it helps your body create what we call in the quantum health field, a solar callus. And it literally is a natural sunscreen in your body created by melanin that will protect you from the strong UVB that's to come. Because if you look at any natural, there's not many, but any of the natural tribes that still live and work outside, you know, in Africa, Arabia, some of those places like the Hazdas, they don't get skin cancer. They don't even brush their teeth. They don't get cavities. You know, they don't get heart disease. They don't get diabetes. They're not fat. They don't get wrinkles. And they're outside all the time and they don't get skin cancer. So what gives? It's the same thing. Their light and their skin get that light first thing in the morning. And so it creates that protection in the skin to where then when, if they do have to be out in the UVB light during the middle of the day, it's going to protect their skin from burn and from cancer. 
Now, if you still watch some of these tribes and if you watch animals in the wild, lions and giraffes and dogs, they always go out and lay in the sun. Now, when it's the middle of the day and very bright and hot, they're probably still going to go find some shade and be out of the direct light, right? And so that's where you use like discernment and information by what your skin's giving you. When we go out and you start to feel that tingle and pink reddishness on your skin, your body's telling you like, hey, it's time. I've had enough. I need to put a shirt on. I need to go get in the shade or I need to get out of the light completely. And then it's just as equally as important to get the sunset wavelengths because again, that green and blue and violet is going to go away. And depending on where you are located in the world or in the United States, you're going to get just that red and infrared for a couple of hours. Obviously, down south and closer to the equator, you get more of this kind of timeline of the healing light. And that's going to help you repair whatever just happened with the UVB light with the blue and green during the middle of the day. Now, when we do talk about like creating vitamin D and creating some of these hormones, it does come from the UVB light. So you can't just get the morning and afternoon light and not have the middle of the day. And you can't just get the middle of the day and ignore the morning and the evening. Your body is used to getting codes and information from the light throughout the whole day to protect itself and be optimal. And so the UVB is where the body releases the nitric oxide to lower your blood pressure. It is where it uses the cholesterol in your body to create the vitamin D. So your skin still needs to be exposed to that. But when we wear clothing, when we wear sunglasses, when we wear contacts, when we wear sunscreen, it blocks all of that information from coming in. So you could still be outside all the time, but if you're wearing sunscreen all the time or full clothing, you're not going to be able to absorb those wavelengths and get the nutrients from it that you need. And that's why it's just really important to understand the wavelengths and to understand why you need to be out periodically throughout the whole day. And I know that we can kind of talk about protocols for people of how this looks like in the modern world. Obviously, none of us live in a tribe right now where we're outside all the time and don't have like an office to go to or a family to take care of. And so we can definitely get into those protocols when the time is necessary. But hopefully that is a good explanation of kind of what Roy G. Biv means as far as the full spectrum of light and why it's important to be exposed to all of that light throughout the day. And the sunrise and the sunset are, are most I can't say most important. It's all important. <laughs> but you get a lot of the healing in the morning and at night. And mostly so because you're getting your time codes at the sunrise and the sunset for your circadian rhythms. Like it's morning, I need to make all of these hormones that keep me stimulated. And then as the sunset comes in, then the body goes, oh, it's about to be dark and nighttime. I need to shut down cortisol and all of these energizing hormones. And I need to start making melatonin to make this person sleepy so that we can go to sleep and regenerate the body. Mm-hmm. Man, you definitely know a lot about this and you're clearly <laughs> passionate. And I did want to jump to those protocols. There are so many other interesting points on these slides. But before this first hour is up, I wanted to jump to the protocols and help people start to use this if they've gotten enough reasons already to start. How long do we absorb the sunrise? And I know not wearing sunglasses is a big is a big thing. That's going to be a hard habit for me to break. I'll never look cool outside again. <laughs> but I want to know how long do we do this like in a session? And then how long would we have to do this? Like how many days in a row before we really start to feel like, oh, my God, my energy level is a lot better than it was? Well, of course, most people are not going to like my answer <laughs> because mm -hmm. the answer is going to be it depends. Mm -hmm. Something that we do need to realize in life is that we're all N equals one. You know, when you look at research projects, we really should start researching on the fact that N equals one. Every single 
individual's body is very different physiologically and responds differently. And that's because of genes, DNA, environment, where you're located in the country, diet, you know, all of those type of things. Number one, it's just important to know that you need the sun and the full spectrum of the sun every day for the rest of your life. So like for me, a non-negotiable is I will see the sunrise every morning now for the rest of my life. I walk my dogs for two miles and it's my little quiet time and connection and I wouldn't give it up for anything now. I love it. But that's just something that everybody needs to know that you do need that no matter what. You know, of course, there's times with traveling that some of it gets off kilter, just like with our diets and our exercise regimes. But if you can try to stay focused to the light, you are going to need it every day. Now, as far as dosages and timing, to be honest, the more the better. But obviously, when you're first starting this out, most of us have not seen the sun in a long time, besides like a one week vacation where we go and burn the shit out of ourselves. And if we're really, really sick, so if you have a diagnosis, so like I had Lyme disease. Now I'm going to quote Dr. Jack Cruz on this because I'm not a doctor. But from some of his research and just from working with people for so long on these protocols, he says it's going to take you if you get really regimented about changing your light life. It will take you about three to four years to get rid of your diagnosis, feel better, and get optimal, like optimal, optimal, right? And so every person is going to be a little different of when they start feeling better. But I can tell you already that, like I said, even though I did some of the really bad light life stuff for two decades, you know, I had my cell phone in my back pocket every day with no protection, seeing the blue light at night, never seeing a sunrise, eating late. I did that for years, lots of copious amounts of alcohol every weekend, Mm -hmm. um, all the things, right? So I did that for two decades. Well, already in 30 days of changing my light life, I got hungry in the morning, you know? And within six months, I could tell like, wow, I've got some pretty good like energy and my brain seems to be working better. I can just pull stuff out of my hat now and give advice and do these seminars, you know, without looking at notes and things. So you do need to know that It is going to take time, especially if you are sick, if you actually have a diagnosis of something. If you don't and you're trying to just be preventative or maybe you're a little tired, something like that, these things are going to come probably really quickly for you. But it's still kind of amazing to see that the body always wants to heal. If you give it the right environment, it will heal no matter what. And so it will come and you just have to work with it and keep going. As far as, you know, time requirements, when people do have, you know, jobs or getting kids off to school, just remember that sunrise is always, always, always number one. Like I put it as number one and number two on like my little handout because it's that important because that's what sets your circadian rhythms and that's what you need your body to be in sync with. Let's say we're in the school season where people are taking their kids to school. When you get in your car, just roll down the windows, open up the sunroof. Glass and windows do block most of your red and infrared wavelengths. So that's why most of us are all blue light toxic because even without looking at screens, if we're indoors all the time, our modern windows are not letting that infrared and red light wavelengths in. So even if you might say, oh, I've got the blinds open, I got light coming in, you're only getting the blue light spectrum coming through because you know they wanna try to save money on your electricity bill. <laughs> and so it blocks the infrared and red wavelengths because those create heat, right? And so you need to be outside So even if you're in the car and you need to rush the kids off or you're headed to work, just roll down the window. The great thing about light is those photons expand hugely. And so you will get that effect. Now, granted, optimal, of course, is outside, buck naked, barefoot, and you stand and just gaze at the sun and get both sides, you know. 
And the sun gazing has actually proven to help heal people's eyesight and eye decline. Now, it's definitely not recommended to sun gaze once it gets above 30 degrees and you have the UVB coming in and it gets strong. And even when you initially start, you got to kind of look to the side of the sun and just use discernment for you and your body. Start getting in touch with you and your body. Well, how does this feel? How long can I handle it? There is an app on the phones that are free that's called D Minder app. And it's a wonderful tool for when you're first starting out with all of this of like, well, but I live in Minnesota, or this person lives in Florida, or this person lives in California. The D-Minder will take your location of where you are. And then also you're able to put in like your Fitzpatrick skin type. You might be, you know, more like Irish bloodlines and be very fair skinned, or you might have like some Latin background and be very dark skinned. And actually, it's probably a misnomer. People would think that dark skinned people don't need as much sun. They actually need more sun because their skin has already biologically come with more protection. Hmm. So it's a harder, thicker barrier for the nutrients to get through. And it's why a lot of people like during COVID that had either like a Latin background or an African-American background that might live in New York or Michigan really suffered and they have a hard time with diabetes because they're so far away from their initial genetic coding of being born either in Mexico or Africa or Central America And so they even have like a circadian mismatch because of being in a different location in the country, which is kind of (laughs) wild. And that's a little bit of a side note. So protocols, you know, you just want to try to get that light. Usually 15 to 20 minutes will start making effects. Again, if you're really sick, you're going to need more time. You're going to have to schedule this and put it into your life and make it a habit. And then throughout the day, so say if you go to work, you want to come out maybe every hour, hour and a half and, you know, sit on a bench or sit outside and, you know, expose your eyes and as much skin as you can to that middle of the daylight as well so that you get that UV for making vitamin D through the cholesterol, lowering your blood pressure. And then of course, you want to see the sunset as well. And again, 15, 20, 30 minutes at those times would be great and a great place to start. But the more you can get the better. And then on the weekends, you know, try to maybe make it a little bit more. You're not going to be able to handle as much of the UV middle of the day light until you get that solar callus really built up. You know, I'm at the point now where I can go through winter and I still look tan from the beach because now I've been working on it for two years. So it does take some time. Equally, which we haven't quite touched on too much, your days are so bright by getting the sun in the full light spectrum. But at night, we need to reverse that. We need to make our nights dark as possible. So again, if you think about our ancestors and how they lived outside, once the sun set, it was dark. They had fire eventually, and then they had candles eventually, which is healing because candles and fire only give you a red and infrared wavelength, which doesn't disrupt your circadian rhythms. Blue light does. So if you think about our modern lives now, all of your fluorescent light bulbs, your LED light bulbs, they only emit a blue light wavelength. And then, of course, our technology. So our laptop screens, our cell phone screens, your watches, whatever is a text screen is going to only be emitting blue light. And so remember, with the spectrum, blue light only comes out in the middle of the day, which you need when you're out in nature and you need to have, you know, energy and adrenaline going and cortisol going to function and have energy and think right. I don't want to make blue light like the bad guy because you do need it during the day. You need to understand that. But at night, we do not need it. It is going to do a complete circadian rhythm mismatch. And it's going to tell your body that it's noon or one o'clock when it's really eight or nine. And then that's where people's bodies, you know, your cortisol stays elevated, your blood sugar stays elevated. So diabetes comes involved. 
gaining weight comes involved. And your body's not going to make melatonin. And melatonin is a super important hormone that has anti-cancer effects, obviously makes you sleepy and makes you rest. But melatonin aids the mitochondria in your body in being able to make a process called apoptosis and autophagy, which just means that our mitochondria goes in and they kind of run like what I like to call it like a dishwasher. Your body runs a dishwasher at night and it cleans damaged cells that can still be kind of helped and healed. And then if there's any really bad malicious cells, which could be considered cancer cells, it's going to kill those. It's going to eat them. (laughs) And so if you can't run that system, then your body just stays completely clogged with bad cells and cancer cells and sludge and all of the bad things that your body hasn't been able to go in and clean because you just told your body that it was noon. And so you go to sleep and we have a lot of people with insomniac issues, you know, night shift work, you're like six times chance of getting cancer and higher mortality rates. And it's a circadian mismatch. And it's because we're under all this artificial lighting telling our body that it's the middle of the day when it's really nighttime. And so like for me, for just an example of protocols, you know, first thing in the morning, I'm up, I'm outside, I've got my bare feet, I ground for five, 10 minutes. My eyes are viewed right towards the sun. I get this question a lot. If you don't have a specific horizon sunshot, because I don't, I'm out in the country, it doesn't matter. The light expands. So as long as you're just getting that light, it doesn't matter that you're actually seeing the exact sun come up from the horizon, okay? So don't let that discourage you. Then I walk my dogs, 30, 45 minutes, I'm still outside, get some exercise. By the time I come home, I'm usually starving (laughs) because now my ghrelin and leptin is all in case and I'm hungry. I eat a very, you know, protein rich breakfast. And then of course, for me, I do work outside. So I get a very good chance of going and already being outside working on horses. But I am in barns most of the time. So I make sure after each horse that I go outside. Or if I'm in my car going to the next barn, I roll down the windows, I have the sunroof open. And I live in southern Louisiana. Okay, it's like, 97 degrees with a heat index of 110 right now. Mm. And I promise you that even through spring, summer and fall, I am the only person driving around on the streets with my windows down and sunroof open. Most people have it all up with the AC on because we've gotten very comfortable. But that lifestyle is what's hurting us because we're not getting those signals through the day. And so that would be my day. I'll come home in the afternoon and usually I'll have whatever sunset light that happens in the afternoon as the sun is setting. I usually try to make sure I now eat my dinner before or right at sunset. And that's a very hard habit for me to break from eating at, you know, 839 o'clock. That's the one that I'm still really working on perfecting, but it does help a lot because then you get that fasting period from, you know, five or six or seven o'clock at night, all the way until you get up in the morning. And that allows the body to have the energy to run those programs instead of having food to digest. So that's an important key part too. Once the sun sets, I'm going to come in the house and depending on what I have to do that night, I have no lights on in the house at all, no artificial lighting. If I do work on my computer or I look at the TV for a a movie, I have blue blocking glasses that I've bought and I will wear those. You can also put a red screen over your TV. The phone actually has a free method of a shortcut, both on Androids and on the iPhones that you can change the screen to red. So that's very helpful and that's free. For your laptops, there's a program called Iris. It's a one-time charge of $40 that stays on that system, and it will automatically change your screen's colors for at night. It will turn completely red, so you'll have no blue light that comes through. I do have some red light therapy devices that sometimes I'll have on even just to do like a therapy treatment or that I'll just use as light if I need to see something. Obviously, in the wintertime, I can use fire. I have a fireplace at my house. 
I've changed all of my bulbs over to incandescent bulbs. The United States is actually trying to get rid of those. And you can't even get them at like Lowe's and Home Depot anymore. You have to order them online. But at least with incandescent bulbs, yes, they're going to cost you a couple of cents extra in your electricity bill every month. But the trade-off of not getting cancer and diabetes and all the money you would pay to heal that problem is certainly worth it in my book. And then even with my master bedroom, I have the breaker turned off to my room. So there's no electricity running through the walls. There's no lights. I run the AC very cold at night and it's just dark. You want to be able to have that darkness to where even two seconds of exposing your eyes to like the refrigerator light or an artificial light is going to give your eyes that signal that it's noon. And that's what we don't want to be doing. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's just a few, it probably sounds like a lot, (laughs) Um, but obviously with any new diet or any new habit or lifestyle that you're trying to put into your life, it's baby steps, right? And it's finding the things that you can do. Again, sunrise is number one. So if that's something that you can just start with, that's going to at least start getting your body in sync to where you'll have some energy and you'll feel better. And then just making the nights dark. Everything else that I kind of talked about, you can kind of start putting into your life here and there as it gets easier. But sunrise and then darkness after sunset are really the two things that if you implemented that in your life and only that, you will see big changes for sure. Mm. Yeah, that's great. And as they say, don't let perfection be the enemy of progress. Like just because you can't do everything perfectly doesn't mean you shouldn't nudge towards improvements in these areas. And some changes can seem overwhelming. And the range of things that guests have emphasized here over the years as important can also be overwhelming. (laughs) But, you know, some of those things from other guests would be meditation, a gratitude practice, even automatic writing or prayer or manifestation processes and even day planning. Well, that stuff, that kind of mental stuff can happen at the same time as getting up and absorbing the sunrise. Mm. And that to me is like in my head, I'm looking to do things efficiently. And if I can just get out of bed in the morning and go get the sunlight and also meditate, I'm killing two birds with one stone. I'm getting several processes in place that start the day off right Hard to do it naked, though. You know, many of us don't have enough (laughs) private space for that without getting arrested, funny enough. It's illegal (laughs) to get sunlight naked. (laughs) Yeah, that's probably pretty surprising to people. Yeah, so even with that protocol then, obviously, if you can go out and try to be as least amount clothed as possible. And then there's also a company called Kaniki, K-I-N-I-K-I. They make tan-through swimwear. They're not, (laughs) they're not the most, like, eye appeasing. But if you're just wearing them for your backyard, you know, to make sure that you're getting sun on all of your junk, like your breasts and your testicles and your penis and a woman's private parts as well, then they're worth it. And they're pretty affordable. They're like 30, 40 bucks. But that's a good way to get out and try to get the sun through those ways as well. Mm. And our private parts, just as much as your stomach, just as much as your brain, your eyes, your skin, it all needs to see the sun as well. You know, with skin cancer rates, it's actually kind of ironic that most skin cancer appears on areas of the body that have not seen the sun. So men will get them on their legs a lot. Well, most men are in pants most of their life. Women will get them on their breasts or chest or back. Most people wear t-shirts all the time. And so it's very interesting to know that that can occur, but it's really from a lack of sunlight, not from getting sunlight and cancer. And granted, of course, when I talked about the wavelengths before, 
saying that you can't just go get the sun in the middle of the day and not the morning and sunset and vice versa. There's reasons for that because yes, UVB light, the blue light wavelength all by itself. So if you think of like a tanning bed that only has UVB lights in it, it doesn't have the rest of the spectrum. Remember that all day long, you have at least 43% red and infrared, which is creating that protection for your skin. If you jump into a tanning bed, you've only got blue. You don't have the red and the orange. So just direct UVB light is actually what is dangerous. And it does go back to like, how did all of this even get started that we thought that the sun causes cancer? There was one research project done in the 20s and it was done on UVB light. And that was kind of where they came out and said, okay, UVB light caused cancer on these rats. So we got to stay away from the sun and we get to create the sunscreen market, which by the way, like 78 of them have been recalled in the last two years for having high levels of carcinogenic ingredients. So what happened in that research project is they used mice and I'm going to kind of cut it down and break it down on how we should be thinking about projects and researchers sometimes and thinking differently. So they use mice. Well, first of all, mice are nocturnal and humans are diurnal. So there's going to be different physiological effects there to be able to get a really concrete research data done. Number two, they obviously did this project and research in a laboratory. So not outside in the natural spectrum of light. So that laboratory is going to have artificial lighting as well um, back then. On top of that, they only used a lamp that was a UVB lamp on the skin of these mice. They didn't use it with the rest of the spectrum. So then, of course, when the tumors start coming up on these mice and they can say, oh, they're getting skin cancer from the UVB, that's where it all began of saying UVB from the sun causes skin cancer. Well, yes, if you had UVB light only on you, like a tanning bed, and you only went out like to the beach one week out of your whole life and got your ass burnt from UVB hmm. light, you've got a pretty high chance of getting melanoma and getting skin cancer. However, when you're out in nature, when the UVB comes out in the middle of the day, you still have that red, orange, and yellow protective light. And if you have practiced getting in that light in the morning and afternoon, your body has created a natural SPF with your solar callus so that you can be out in UVB light and be able to handle it and not have any type of burning occur. Wow, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, I, I like all this stuff and it all does fit together really well. And before I let you go, I wanted to at least ask you about some of your favorite sources when it comes to people who are looking at health in this sort of way. Who do you find to be the most inspiring and uh, maybe people I should look at for following up in future interviews? Yes. Well, I'll definitely send you a list of some contacts that I've got made up for you for potential interviews, but for the audience, obviously Dr. Jack Cruz is who I initially got turned on to and have to give full credit for learning this information and his knowledge is just incredible. I will say that some of the things that he has posted and put out his information, there is a little bit more science to it. So some of it can definitely go, it goes way over my head. <laughs> and so it's nice when somebody can kind of break it down into something like what this presentation is and what we've talked about today. But he is still a very wonderful source and was a huge pioneer to bringing this to people that would listen. And so I would definitely recommend him. You can find him on Facebook and Instagram and he has a website. Dr. Courtney Hunt is also a wonderful doctor and facilitator in the quantum health field. You can also find her on Facebook, Instagram, and she has a website. What's nice about her is she really breaks down this information to make it easy to understand. 
She also brings in a lot of the esoteric spiritual side of it that I really like, like tying in the Bible and tying in religion to the son of God being the son. And so I really like that. I also like that she's very humble. She gets on Instagram every morning and teaches for free while she's hiking a mountain in Arizona. And so she wants people to heal just like I do. And just like the rest of us, like we don't, I don't need to make a bunch of money off of any of this or anything. Like the sun is free and this information is out there. Obviously there's been books on sun healing and this therapy, but it has been hidden and now forgotten and, you know, now flipped on its side to where the sun is evil and bad. And so I really love that she does that as well. I would highly recommend now the new platform quantum, quantum biology collective. And so that's where I got my certification from. It's a website that you can go to and they have like a a membership and it's wonderful because they have a slew of doctors on there with small two, three, four minute videos that are explaining all of these concepts, even with light, water and magnetism, like the whole quantum health model, where it's very easy to understand using pictures, using diagrams. It's a great introductory way to get your feet wet into all of this information, you know, and obviously videos and learning through visual aspects, I think people do really well with. They've also just finished their directory. So as far as if you are somebody that's sick and has a diagnosis and you're wanting to get healing and you now want to work with a doctor that's actually quantum health based, they're going to have a directory now on there where they have doctors of all different industries, you know, cardiac doctors, dermatologists, regular medical doctors, eye doctors. And then obviously there'll be a directory of people like me that are coaches that you can also get in touch with wherever they may be and work with them as well. So Quantum Biology Collective is a great avenue to go and get started. And then if I can, I'll just kind of plug myself as well. Um, I have an Instagram page of where I've been posting pretty much almost daily, just free information on all of this. And my website is currently being finished. It will be lightshapes.life. And that's where you'll be able to find my personal information, you know, a little bit of introductory into quantum health and light shapes life. That's where you'll also be able to find all of my upcoming webinars. I am planning to have a webinar on August 13th after this podcast airs. And so what that will be is kind of a two hour discussion, just kind of like we had, but it'll be my full presentation. So you'll see the slides and the pictures and get just a little bit more in detail. We'll have Q&A at the end where you can come in and ask however many questions that you want. And then after that, you'll get the recording sent to you from the whole presentation, along with a handout that has references for any of those resources of professionals that I told you about that you can work with. It'll also have some resources as far as websites from some of this, you know, people that want to say, I want to see the science, I want to see the education behind it. There will be a long list of some of those articles and links that you can go to to learn this for yourself. And then there will also be a list of companies that sell like blue blocking glasses or EMF protection for your phones, grounding shoes, all those kind of things. And I have some discount codes with each one of those companies so that you can go and get some of those items, you know, some of your measurement meters and things like that to start being able to have this life. And then I'm really open to, I would love to be able to go and teach this anywhere, whether we do it on webinar Zooms or if somebody wants to bring me to their yoga studio, health facility, even if it's a medical clinic, I'll talk to doctors like I don't care. (laughs) I want everybody to know this information. And so we could even do retreats, you know, at, you know, I don't know, we go to Mexico and do a a light shapes life retreat and, and talk about all of these things and do the sunrise and do the cold plunges together, and just start learning how we implement this into our life. And so that's also my kind of like little plug. And I do think that 
Dr. Buner would be interesting. He's not so much on the the light stuff, but he believes in animism, which I know your friend Gordon does too, which is super cool. Mm -hmm. But just that everything has energy and he teaches a lot about taking care of the planet and along those same lines. And he's not going to be around for too much longer. And then I'll send you a couple of other contacts that I have on that sheet that people get from the webinar that will help for future interviews. I love it. I appreciate that. Man, just so much great information. Sometimes when I have a guest like yourself or a guest on diet or health, the proof oftentimes is just showing in the conversation in a person's energy level and their recall. <laughs> so I'm like, man, my brain does not function at that high level. So often you can just tell that a person like you. really knows their stuff. Yeah, of course. And the promotional material is always the last thing I ask. So it's fresh in people's minds. And I'm glad that uh, we did that. And I hope some people are inspired to follow up with that webinar and this has just been super interesting. I'm glad we could do it. I'm glad it came about from a brief conversation in Austin. <laughs> yes. I hope people learned more than they expected to and are motivated to implement it all. So thanks for taking the time. Keep doing what you do and take care. Thank you so much. You do the same. I appreciate it. Serenity Now. Kind of funny that this one comes hot on the heels of a show about spontaneous human combustion, but we've gotten back to some practical yet deep advice for living optimally. I thought she really crushed that. I'm glad I kinda took a chance based off a short in-person conversation in Austin. But this one eases us back into a series of shows on the tough road ahead. Obviously we didn't hit that head on, but it qualifies because this information is really good for your health and it's cheap and it's easy. I certainly felt inspired to start getting up at sunrise and trying to find a semi-private place where I can absorb the morning sun. I get plenty of afternoon sun when I want it, but that's only part of the equation. Then you have to fold in getting your artificial light life right, and that's probably a pretty radical transformation for the average listener, given all the bad habits we tend to get into. We can sit around and rant about how they want us sick and weak and dumb, but here's a few major steps anyone can take to start reeling some of that back. And if we do go into a crazy downward spiral as a society, well, you're going to want to have your health right. You're not going to want to have to depend on the system for anything. So diet, quality water, quality light, it's all important. Have you seen those memes about the UK health minister and the US Surgeon General and the head of the World Health Organization? And it says these are the people telling you about your health and they're all fat and pale and sickly looking? Well, I do take that you shall know them by their fruits approach. And when we have a health or even a diet guest and they just seem to have so much energy and vibrancy and good recall on the fly for pretty much anything I ask them, that says a lot, and the experts in the six system, well, you can get all you need just by looking at them. In fact, if you watched the live podcast with me and Gordon from Austin, one of my favorite parts is when we're talking about health, and Gordon brought up the point about the occultists and the whole elemental wheel, and it really does give you all you need just in that. Fire is your sunlight, water is your structured water. Earth is your grounding, and air is your EMF environment, and obviously air quality as well. But it's not rocket science here. What was good 100,000 years ago is still good today. And in the history portion with Jackie, I think that was in the Plus show, she made a great point about nature's light for the night, 
fire and how it doesn't put off bad UV as opposed to electric light. It made me think about Chris Knowles and Lucifer's technology. You know, beneath the hood, so much technology seems like some weird, dark deal with demons where we sacrifice health, independence, or freedom for some kind of convenience that oftentimes makes us more lazy and more soft. Very interesting that that overall Lucifer's technology concept even shows up in something as random as using fire at night for light versus artificial light. Who would have thought? And she did mention Bill Gates wanting to block out the sun, and I was going to save a question or two for that. Chemtrails and blanketing the sky to keep the sunlight from getting to us, that kind of thing. I do think it's happening, but it's probably best to just focus on what we can control. Clearly, your light life is still worth working on regardless. The reasons are numerous. And I am certainly going to have a building biologist right along the inspector when I do finally find that place to be. So I would say this was a really good solutions-oriented show with someone who really has a passion for their material. I loved it. As with every episode, the second hour is there for subscribers, and today we added a lot to the stack, like the effects of light on mitochondria, the importance of redox potential, the deep history of the light health connection and the suppression campaign, EMF and the importance of a building biologist, modern cars and EMF, apoptosis and autophagy, as well as the importance of cold therapy. So come on over to get in the full show and help me keep this ball rolling. Huge thanks to those people who are Plus members already. It means the world. And I hope you know it's appreciated in that I take the job pretty seriously and always try to be really prepared for the guests we talk to so that you know I don't take this position or your subscription for granted. Let's look at the meetup calendar, HiresideMeetups.com. Anyone can make a quick account and get in there and put something local on the books. I just ask that all the events are free and that there's at least a two-week notice so that we have time to let the people know about them. I did mention some of these, but July 30th in Kansas at Sand Hills Brewing in Hutchinson, Kansas, to be specific. We have a meetup, and then also on July 30th, there's the New Orleans meetup at Dat Dog in Uptown in New Orleans, Louisiana. And July 31st, we have one in Colorado Springs, Public House at the Alexander. So check those out this upcoming weekend. Meet your new friends. In early August, we have a San Francisco meetup and one in Portland, Maine. So be ready for those if you're in the area. You're going to want to get in there. It's really easy, and we could all use some new contacts before the shit truly hits the fan. This meetup's calendar is one small way that I can try to help you guys connect with each other out there. But that's the show. Big thanks to Jackie for bringing the heat. She does have that upcoming webinar. If you really want to dive deeper or you think you know some people who could benefit from this information, the visual references are helpful, no doubt. And I'm sure she'd also just appreciate some listeners introducing themselves and letting her know that she was heard and appreciated. She's got the Instagram, too, for that. But that's the show. Brace for a string of dark and serious ones, because that is the way the pendulum swings, and I will catch you then. Your move, sunlight stealers, light truth concealers, and EMF industry wheelers and dealers. Your fucking... Of corporate junk 
And that is another show complete. Remember, as much as you enjoyed this, which is just the free first hour, I hope you'll become a Plus member to hear the full two-hour interviews. You also can engage with other Plus members in the comments and the forums. And you'll find your answer to one of the most common questions I get, which is where can I find those cover songs that you use at the end of the show? Well, they are free downloads for Plus members too. And without Plus members, I can't hire the occasional musician to bring these odd cover song ideas to fruition. Plus members are how I'm able to do what I do without ads and without the big machine being on my back. We can fit so much more into a two-hour interview, and I do my best to make it worth your time and money. The conversation only gets deeper, weirder, and more controversial in that private hour. How could it not the way things are going? But the best way to sign up is at thehiresidechats.com, where new first-time subscribers always get a free seven-day trial because I'm just that confident. There's no PayPal on the website, but if you need to use PayPal, then sign up through Patreon and you get all the same episodes. Our website is a credit or debit system, but you can also scope out the other options like a few various cryptos, cash or check, mail to the P.O. Box... And I'll even barter with most people if you have your own business and produce something nice that my wife or kid or taste buds might like. 
but the architects of consensus reality have made it clear that these themes and topics aren't really welcome on the main stage. And so this is how we secure a little counterculture corner for ourselves, and I hope you'll join Plus because that is the only way it works. Besides, you can cancel anytime right on your profile page. The most common concern I hear is people just being unsure if THC Plus will work with their podcast app, and the answer is probably yes. But if not, we have several high-level app recommendations for whatever phone you use, and the website is made for mobile too. We're trained to tip a waitress for bringing us a sandwich, but that tip doesn't give you access to a second sandwich. Really, I'm not asking for any more than that, and I think I offer a better service. Come get your second serving of tasty conspiracy goodness in exchange for that small token of your appreciation. Beyond that, let it also be known that we have grown and survived as long as we have by word of mouth. I don't care so much about social media likes or follows, but tell the right people about THC. And not just listeners, but the high-level figures who are better suited to sit down with me than most other hosts. And if you can help me with any of these things, I can work to bring you better shows, which is just a win-win for both of us. Informative, entertaining, and action-packed. It also never hurts to thank a guest you liked if you have the time either. We want them to know people are listening, so they're willing to come back down the road too. Thank you for spending some time with me, and cheers to a better tomorrow.